Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get it checked, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitting on me? It's time to get it checked, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? Alrighty guys, it is time for another episode of the Auto Bid. That was our guy, Pull Up Tay, on the intro music. It is new project, Why Stop Now? Just dropped yesterday. It is out on all platforms, man. Man, Pull Up Tay put his whole heart and soul into this project, man. So if you haven't pumped it already, make sure you go and cop that, man. It's out on Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, man, wherever you listen to music. It is out right now, so go ahead and crank that right now, man. If you listen to this podcast, as soon as you tune out this podcast, go crank my guy, pull up Tate's new project. Again, it's called Why Stop Now. Uh, as always, we want to remind you guys to make sure you guys are giving us a like, um, a retweet, um, uh, 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 sharing our, our content on social media, man, and, and subscribing to this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, whether it's on Apple on Spotify, man. Make sure you, you, know, you know, leave us a little, a little comment uh, in the description uh, category, man, and you know, as always, man, make sure you're telling a friend to tell a friend about the good gospel of the auto bid. But, man, it feels good, man. College basketball is back. We are here on the Tuesday, I mean, on the Wednesday, excuse me, following uh, yesterday's uh, yesterday kickoff um, of the college basketball season, man. And it was a doozy, man. There were so many games, it was, it was hard to keep up, you know, uh, with all of them, man. But we are super excited to be back here um, on the auto bid and getting you ready for, you know, a, Another exciting season in college basketball, man. So, Drew, how you feeling, bro? Man, listen, man, I'm 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 feeling a little bit of two things, man. One, I'm feeling a high, man, a pump. Cause I mean, you know, watching those two games last night, you know, the Champions Classic that we're gonna talk about a little bit, man. Just I was hyped, man. I was like, man, college basketball is back, man. Seeing the garden packed out, fans is in there, you know, the whole Coach K thing is going on this year, man. So I was just hyped to have college basketball back, man, but I'm also dead tired, man, because because of the rush, you know, that I experienced last night. And I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to stay up and watch both of these games, man, both of these night games, man. So I ended up staying up till 5 a.m. out here, had to wake up for practice, you know, got some shots up, woke up at 8.20. So I woke up, really got three hours of sleep last night, had to turn around, had two practices today. So that was that was a little tough, man. I was thankful when my day was over. You know, I got to come back in the, in the crib and relax, man, but – Nonetheless, man, you know, three hours of sleep. What does our guy uh, John Rothstein say? You know, we, we sleep in May. We sleep in May. So it's all right. Sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't got no excuses. Hey, man, I, I definitely I definitely can uh, give you props, man. I don't know if I would have made it to 4.30 a.m., man. I, I, I might have had to catch them things on uh, on East Canada the next day, man, because 4.30, whoo, that's, 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 that's real shifty, man. But now you mentioned it, I mean, I think you, you said you said the word rush, man. I think that was what I felt when I walked into the University of Maryland yesterday for the first time, man, just – Having having fans in a college basketball building, man, was something that I have not experienced 
in a while, man. And, and it was super refreshing, man. Obviously, you know, it was, it was crazy. I was, I was driving to the game. And I was had to text the SID at Maryland, like, yo, man, can you send me the uh, the pregame? Um, you see something like, I mean, last year we sent out a pregame email before every home game, you know, with the Zoom press conference links. I was like, yo, can you send the uh, link to the press conference? He said, oh, wow, no more Zoom press conference, man. We're back in person. I was like, oh, man, in-person press conferences, man. That that, that, that was, that was a, a great feeling, man. No more Zoom press conference, being able to go to the press, the press room after the game, man, and actually being in person was super exciting, man. So I'm super excited, man, super, super excited to get to do that the rest of the season, man. But you mentioned the Champions Classic, man. Obviously, there were two huge games. Obviously, Kansas was able to defeat Michigan State in the opener, and then Duke was able to knock off Kentucky um, in the nightcap, man. Two outstanding games. Obviously, O'Shea Baji went crazy for Kansas, had 29 points to start the game, man. I mean, Drew, um, you know, we'll, we'll – what were your first impressions, man, watching the Kansas-Michigan State game? You know, obviously Kansas was able to get a victory in that first one uh, over Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the first thing that jumped off the off, off the page for me, man, was, you know, I was, intrigued, I was intrigued to see what Michigan State did at the point guard spot. You know, obviously, you know, we know that they brought in our guy, Tyson Walker, who, you know, all facts media has been a big fan of since last year when he was at Northeastern. So, you know, I was intrigued to see what they were going to do at the point guard spot. Were they going to start Walker? Were they going to start A.J. Hogard? Um, they ended up going with Hogard in the starter. I mean, excuse me. Tyson Walker in the starting five, and he got some early foul trouble. Picked up two two quick fouls, had to go to the bench. And I mean, AJ Hogan came off the bench, and I mean, I think he surprised a lot of people, man, because you know a lot of people last last year were kind of questioning, you know, if, if he was going to be able to be that point guard that Tom Izzo was looking for. And he lost twenty pounds in the off season. He came in um, and really was a spark plug for them right away, man. He he was playing with a ton of confidence, and um, I think that was really the most surprising thing, man. He ended up leading. Michigan State in scoring, you know, off the bench. You know, he goes for 17 points and four assists. Looks like he's playing with a lot of confidence and, and, and a lot of poise, man. So, honestly, that was the first thing that I noticed. You know, um, I think that Tyson Walker will eventually adjust. I think, you know, obviously, you know, going from playing in the CAA at Northeastern is definitely a big jump from, you know, playing against Kansas um, in the Garden and eventually going in the Big Ten play. So, I think he'll get there. You know, let's not press the panic button on Tyson Walker just yet, you know, uh, at Jeff Borzello, <laughs> but um, you know we'll 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 see you know what happens with that. As for Kansas, man, I was surprised to see you know how well they played without Jalen Wilson. You know, obviously we know he was uh, suspended for last night's game, but you know you mentioned the ace, you know Osea Baji goes for a career high twenty nine, and I think you know one of the things that was really refreshing, man. Obviously he was this close to leaving Kansas last year and, and, and going pro. You know, he likes to come back to school and it looks like, I mean, he's going to be, you know, playing with a chip on the shoulder this entire season, man. Three for six from three, um, nine for 17 from the field. He looks like he's really going to be that prototypical, you know, three and D guy at the next level, man. So, you know, those are my big takeaways. Um, I was impressed with Kansas, what they were able to do. And uh, I'm really going to be looking forward to see, you know, how they match up in the Big 12, you know, with, with Texas, who people are most, you know, People are saying it's going to be kind of that one-two punch, you know, there in the Big 12. Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree, man. I think what I was intrigued to see was, you know, how does how does um, Remy Martin adjust to his new role at Kansas? Obviously, you know, coming from Arizona State, he was one of the most electric scorers in the country, man, one of the, you know, best guards um, in the country over, over the last few seasons at Arizona State. Obviously, he likes to come to Kansas. There was all this hype, this is hoopla in the preseason about how Bill Self didn't start him in the exhibition game and how, you know, the relationship wasn't really looking too good early on, man. And he ends up starting yesterday, he plays 27 minutes, scores 15 points, 
five for nine from the floor with six rebounds and two assists. Um, they also came also added um, a transfer from Drake and uh, Joseph Yesufu, and he only played six minutes yesterday. I mean, failed to score a point, um, 0 for 1 from the floor, 0 for 1 from 3. Um, that was extremely surprising for me, um, just because the fact that I think, you know, a lot of people felt like he was going to have a big role for them in reserve um, this season. But for him to only play six minutes um, was extremely surprising. Um, but Remy Martin, man, I mean, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, was, was averaging 14 shot attempts a game last season. The year before that, he averaged 15 shot attempts per game. Um, at Arizona State, he only shoots nine times. Yesterday, he only shoots three threes. Um, ends up with 15 points, you know, in, in, in a rather efficient night for him. I mean, the big knock on him was, you know, is he going to be able to coexist on a team with all this talent? Um, and last night, it looked pretty good. Man. I mean, he, he didn't have his, his, um, his huge scoring nights, man. But, you know, 15 points um, in a win um, was, was still a solid night, you know, for, for him. Um, obviously, I think if he, can, if he can average 15, 16 points a game at Kansas, that'll mean more than him averaging, you know, 18 or 19 a game at Arizona State when they weren't winning. So, I mean, this, this Kansas team is ranked third in the country right now. Um, they're going to have expectations to, to go extremely far in March. Um, so, I, I think if, if, if Remy Martin can, you know, can, can kind of keep this thing going where he's being efficient um, and, and is out there, you know, being a leader, um, I think it'll go well for this Kansas team in the long run. Not for sure, man. I mean, Remy's the Big 12 preseason player of the year for a reason. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, he'll find his way to kind of pick his spots and, and, and get going, man. But there was a, another game in the Champions Classic between Duke and Kentucky. You know, Coach K, I believe this is his final game in the Garden, uh, if, if, if I'm, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So, um, you know, what do you think about that game, man? That was obviously, you know, the, the game that I think everybody had their eyes on, you know, the, the debut of Paolo excuse me, Paulo Bancaro. So I'll let you kind of get your thoughts off on, on, on that one first, Dave. Yeah, man. I mean, look, listen, man. You know, as a DMV boy, man, I can't start nowhere else but Trevor Kills, man. This dude, a lot of people, man, kind of, you know, um, slept on this guy. I mean, I mean he kind of flew a little bit under the radar just because he's coming in, you know, with Paulo Bancaro, who's obviously going to be um, either, if not the first pick in the draft, the second pick in the draft this upcoming year, man. I mean, he's, he's an absolute stud. You know, Bakera was dealing with some cramps um, yesterday, but he just looked like a pro. I mean, he looked like like a professional basketball player yesterday on that basketball court. But Kills was probably, you know, arguably their best player, close to 25 points, 10 for 18 shooting from the floor, man. I mean, this guy is a bona fide scorer, man. And he's been that, you know, since he's been in high school at Paul Six. I mean, this guy who was the WCAC player of the year as a sophomore at Paul Six. For those who don't know, you know, Paul Six is, is one of the best, you know, basketball programs in the country, um, in what I think is the best basketball conference in the country. Obviously, Paul Six plays in that conference with DeMatha, with Gonzaga, with St. John's, who are perennial, you know, top 25 teams um, year in and year out. You know, guys that are pushing, you know, five-star talent um, each and every year, man. And for Kills to come out there in, in his first college game in the guard, you know, um, listening to the post-game reaction yesterday, had an opportunity to tune in to Field 68 with, you know, Archie Miller, um, the Sean Miller, John Fan, and Rob Dawson, those guys, um, shout out to all those guys over at Phoenix 68. Um, you know, Archie Miller said it, man. I mean, he was a guy who, who you know, he's he's been battle-tested, man. The guy played for Team Takeover, who's one of the best AU programs in the country, man. Played for Paul Six, who, you know, one of the best high school programs in the country, man. And he wasn't scared of the moment, man. I mean, for a freshman to come out there, you know, in his, in his first game in the Garden, I mean, Kills, he had the third highest, you know, scoring debut for a freshman. Um, in Duke history, I mean, I know, I think he's behind R.J. Barrett, I want to say Marvin Bagley, um, 
before that, you know, in, in, in a debut. I mean, it, it just shows, man, that this guy is just, you know, fearless. Um, he's definitely going to be going to be a guy that's, you know, likely out after this season. I mean, he, he's a guy that coming into the season, you know, was probably a second-round guy. Uh, I was talking, listening to Mike Smith talk about it after the game last night. He was saying they, they had, I believe, in the 40s. He's certainly going to shoot, shoot up two up, shoot up the draft boards, you know, after that performance, man. So, uh, shout-out to Trevor Kills, man. DMV stand-up. Another PG County guy joining a long list of pros to enter the NBA um, from from the DMV and from PG County. Now for sure, man. I mean, Coach Kim, I have to thank Jeremy Roach for that one because those guys were a, a heck of a tandem at Paul the Six, you know, in the backcourt. And obviously, Kills ends up following Jeremy Roach to Duke. Um, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, you you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, I was you know, I was just like, yo, this dude is confident. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he exudes confidence. He led the entire game in shot attempts. I mean, he shot 18 field goals. And the one thing that stuck out to me personally was, you know, watching him in high school, like, he was a shooter. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he could obviously do everything, get to the basket and play in the middle. And she was always a three-level scorer. But he was a knockdown shooter from the three-point line. And he only shot four threes, one for four. Like, he was getting to the basket, you know, on, like, ultimate man time, you know. So it was really a transformation. Like, if, if this is the first time you've seen him play, you'll be like, dang, like, oh, yeah, he's a straight-line driver. But, like, nah, like, you know, this dude can really shoot it from three as well. And I think that, you know, when he gets that going, I mean, he's really going to be hard to stop. But, you know, obviously, you know, Paulo Bancaro was the guy that, I mean, this is – this is my first time, like, seeing him with my own two eyes. I've only seen highlights um, of him in high school and things like that. So this is my first time, like, actually seeing him play, man. And to see a guy his size, man, 6'10", 250, being able to push the ball up the floor and transition, hit dudes with combo moves, pull up from three, hit step, you know, make you – know, have the confidence to be able to shoot, you know, step back jumpers and have it look good. I mean, he's absolutely extraordinary, man. I think, you know, for him to be his size, man, and, and – being, being able to be that skilled, man, it just shows where the game is going now, man. I mean, the days of these bigs sitting on the block and, and asking for the ball are over, man. I mean, these dudes are handling the ball and making plays, man. So um, he was definitely appointment TV. Um, as for Kentucky, I think that – I think the guy I was surprised most with was, um, you know, the, the Georgia transfer, Severe Wheeler. You know, um, Severe Wheeler obviously came in, you know, had 16 points, 10 assists. You know, he, he wasn't known as a three-point shooter, but he went two for three from the three-point line. And in my opinion, I mean, obviously, uh, Oscar Sheboy played great, 17 points and 93 rebounds. Um, but, I mean, I pretty much, we, we pretty much knew what he was going to bring to the table, you know, from a rebounding standpoint and physicality standpoint. But for me, I think, you know, Wheeler was the best player on the court last night for Kentucky, just the way he was able to get in the lane um, and kind of set the table, man. So, I would think Kentucky's a, a young team. I, well, I won't say that. They're a young team, but they also have some veterans in, in Kellen Grady and guys like that. But I think that they're going to be a team that's only going to get better, you know, as the year goes on, man. But I think I'm just truly, truly excited, you know, for this season of college basketball, man. Um, I think, obviously, Duke and Kentucky will both be tournament teams this year. You know, don't don't expect a letdown from either of those programs like we had last year. So, um, you know, I don't I want to get that out on the record. I think this is going to be – you know, a different year for both of those programs. And, I mean, for Duke, man, it looks like those guys are really on a mission to send Coach K off the right way, you know. Um, and, you know, I think that this this Duke team definitely has, you know, the talent to do it. I think if we know what, like I said, I think the chances are Paolo Bancaro is probably going to be the best player on the court in every single game that they played this year. Um, so I think if, if they can get, you know, Kios to kind of rise up and be that second guy for them like he did yesterday, and yesterday he was pretty much the number one guy for them essentially. But um, if he can kind of produce that on a more consistent basis, 
watch out for Duke. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, you know, Duke is a team like – I think, you know, a big point that I heard yesterday also was, I mean, Duke shot one for 13 from three-point line, and they won this game by eight points. You know what I'm saying? I mean, usually when you go one for 13, you know, for, from, from three, um, it, it's tough to win games, especially when you're playing good teams, you know. And, and the fact that they were able to win that game says a lot about that program. Um, I mean, I, I think you, you touched on severe wheel. I mean, I think – thing about him is going to be he – like, yes, he had – 16 points and 10 assists, but he had seven turnovers as well. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think he's going to be a guy that, like, biggest question mark with him coming in was, one, one his shooting. Uh, like you said, yesterday he was two or three from three-point line. And then also his decision-making at times is is, is is questionable. I mean, I think I think some of those turnovers, you know, came at a costly time when they were, you know, trying to make a run back. And, and you know, he's driving in the lane and, you know, not really knowing what he's going to do with the ball. So I think – I mean, he's young. I, you know, I mean, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, is going to have to kind of iron that out. Or he's a junior. Um, so, I mean, from an older guy, you, you would like him to kind of iron those things out. Now, he's coming from Georgia. He hasn't really played in, you know, too many games like, like he did last night where you're at the Garden versus Duke and, you know, the stakes are that high. But So, I think hopefully, you know, as the season goes on, you know, he'll be able to iron some of those turnovers out. I'm sure Kyle Perry will be getting on him about that as well. But, you know, if, if he can cut down on those turnovers, you know, and, and he can stay consistent with a jump shot, you know, I think that'll be huge for them. And also they're going to get C.J. Frederick healthy at some point in time. So I think it's going to help them a, a lot as well to have kind of an older guy um, who's played a lot of college basketball coming to the lineup and, you know, giving them a little bit more depth, you know, at that guard spot. So I think once they get healthy, you know, once they get you know, C.J. Frederick in, into the lineup and they get a few more games under their belt, you know, watch out for this for the Kentucky team. Not for sure. That's definitely a great point, you know, as far as the turnovers with with Severe really. I think that as the, as the year goes on, he's talented. I think he will um, get down to control. The last thing I'll say about Duke before I change change topics, man, is that, you know, Kentucky shot 37% from the field yesterday. You know, 37% from the field, 38%, you know, from three. So, I mean, and you remember this from back when in, in, in our Quinnipiac days, man, our goal was always to hold teams under 40%. You know, if, if, if you can hold a team under 40% from the field, then you have a great chance to win, even when you don't shoot the ball well and you go one for 13 from three. So, I think the fact that Duke was able to hold Kentucky to 37% from, from the field um, shows that they're going to be a defensive-minded team this year. They're not going to just be a team that's going to go out there and score you know, they're going to defend. And uh, I think if, if, if they're going to be able to put it together like that on both ends of the ball, they're going to they're gonna be a scary team, man. But um, you were at a college basketball game last night. You know, you mentioned it yesterday. I mean, excuse me, you mentioned earlier on the podcast, walking in the Xfinity Center, man. So, man, um, you know, Maryland was able to get a 14-point win over Quinnipiac in the first game of the season, man. Talk about kind of your takeaways from that game, you know, what you saw from the Terps, what you were kind of happy to see from, from those guys, and then um, your, your takeaway from, you know, our beloved Quinnipiac Bobcats as well. And, man, I mean, I think I'll start with, I'll start with Maryland, man. I think the thing that stood out to me the most was, you know, when I, when I came into this season, you know, the biggest question mark was Maryland, we knew how good their starting five was, right? We knew how good, obviously, Fats Russell was and Dante Scott and Eric Ayala um, and uh, Kudus Wahab, the transfer from Georgetown, man. And, you know, I think the thing we found out last night was that they're going to have some depth, man. I mean, I think, obviously, Hakeem Hart last night only scores two points, but he grabbed six rebounds, dishes out three assists with three steals. Um, and, I mean, he, I think he's the guy that kind of makes that starting, starting lineup, you know, work. because he's, he's not out there looking for shots. He doesn't care how much he scores. He's got to just do the dirty work, you know, and he's going to make sure that the other guys, you know, are getting involved. He's going to defend. I mean, he's, he's a long, 
wing, you know, that uh, um, you know, a, a type of guy that you're gonna need, you know, in the Big Ten night in night out. But I spoke about their depth. I mean, the freshman out of Baltimore, Julian Reese, looked really good, man. I mean, he's gonna be one of the most impactful freshmen in the Big Ten this season, man. I mean, he's six nine, has a hell of a motor. He runs the floor, rebounds, man. He's he's super long, man. He scored 11 points, and had seven rebounds uh, last night uh, with three blocks and one steal. I mean, he was. Great defensively, um, could finish in the paint. He was five for seven from the floor last night. Um, finished with, with um, eleven points, man. So I think you know he's going to be a guy that can that can you know come in and, and be you know obviously a lot of guys in the Big Ten are going to be playing that bully ball. You know I think he, he's even a guy that can play alongside Curtis Wahab, um if they elect to kind of play this two big lineup. Um, and also you got a guy Ian Martinez. Um, he played really well last night as well. Eight points, three assists, two rebounds off the bench. Um, I mean, obviously you know. He, he's a guy that Maryland landed in the, in the Tedford portal uh, from, from Utah. Um, he looked really good last night, man, just kind of playing um, in that backup point guard role coming in, initiating offense, man, you know, wasn't selfish, did a good job controlling the, the pace of the game. Um, I, I thought he looked, he looked really good, man. I mean, I think, you know, after the game, Mark Turgeon said in his press conference, he feels like he had seven starters um, on this Maryland team, man, and it sure looked that way um, with those, with, with, you know, Reese and Martinez coming in. I um, mean, playing well with, with the first group and also, you know, kind of meshing well with the second group as well, man. But I was really impressed um, with the depth that Maryland's going to have. Man, also, you know, we talked a little bit about this before on the last podcast, but Maryland being able to get back to that, you know, that traditional two-big lineup, man, with, you know, Kudis Wahab at the five, Dante Scott at the four, man. It looked really good last night. Obviously, Kudis Wahab, you know, playing against, you know, uh, a MAC team where, you know, he's not going against a ton of length, you know, inside that he will be in the Big Ten. But, you know, to kind of see Maryland force-feeding him the ball in the paint, he was able to have 17 points, six rebounds last night, two blocks, um, and, and was huge, man. I mean, I think he, he looked really good, man. Showed, showed a great touch around the rim. Had a couple, you know, little short jumpers in the lane, you know, that, that showed you know, a skill set that I think is going to bode well for Maryland, man. And obviously you got Dante Scott, who will play the four, man. If, if they even want to, like I mentioned before, they get throw out there with Wahab at the five, Reese at the four, and Dante Scott at the three, man, if they wanted to go super big, man. I mean, Mark Turner's going to have a lot of different options It's going to be able to go to with this Maryland team, man. So I think those were things that I think stood out the most um, about Maryland, man. And for our Quinnipiac guys, man, I think, you know, obviously last year, uh, Lewis Courtright and Ty Tannery were, you know, two of the, the better players for Quinnipiac. Both of those guys were, you know, our rookie guys. Obviously, they, they returned Jacob Bergoni, who was their leading scorer last season as well. Um, but I think, you know, everybody, everybody talks about, you know, the young talent on this team with, with you know, Chenery and Lewis Courtright, who obviously is out with a foot injury right now, man. But last night they got two, two contributions from older guys, man. And I think when I talk about this Quinnipiac team all the time, man, it's going to be the older guys, man. It's going to be guys like Tyrese Williams, guys like Matt Ballant, guys like Savion Lewis, who are going to be instrumental um, in, in you know, their, their success in the MAC, man. I think, you know, with, with Tyrese, he was able to come – he started the game – was, was, you know, scored 19 points, was 5 for 9 from 3, 6 of 10 from the floor, man. Then that that was impressed the most. I mean, Drew, you know, there's been playing with Tyrese, man. He's a guy that, you know, sometimes he cannot be as aggressive as we think he should be, man. I think the thing that I liked the most about last night was he made his first three, but then he missed his next, like, three. And he kept shooting, you know. He, 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 he didn't, you know, get discouraged by it, man. He kept shooting. He was able to come up with it with a really good game, man. And also Matt Ballant. Springbrook kid, Montgomery County kid, man, was huge off the bench, man. He had 25 points, um, five steals, three rebounds, and one assist off the bench in 31 minutes, man. I mean, he was, you know, the best player for Quinnipiac last night, honestly, man. Nine for 12 from the floor, three and five from three, and an absolute murder 
that, that, that you should have seen last night on Sports Center, top 10 plays, man. I mean, he committed a homicide last night on Fast Russell, man. I was, I was in press row. And obviously, I'm covering Maryland. I'm, I'm obviously covering Quinnipiac as well, man. But it, 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 I almost jumped out of my seat on press row, man. It took, it took every fiber of my being for me not to hop out of my seat, man. I, I, was, I was laughing for a good 10 minutes after that, man. It, it, was, it was crazy the way he ducked on Fast Russell last night, man. But I think, you know, after the game, talking to Coach Dunleavy, man, he said that he, he thinks this team has the potential to be – you know, a team that can get different contributions out of guys every single night, man. I mean, Jacob Bergoni last night um, shoots two for nine from the floor. Kevin Marfo shoots one for eight from the floor. And those two were, were the guys that were on the preseason all-MAC teams for, for Quinnipiac, man. Neither of those guys had their best shooting night last night. Uh, Bergoni had seven points. Kev had two points. But the thing I liked about Kev, man, is that he he looked great, you know, kind of playing in this kind of band at a bio role, man, like just kind of – Playing in pitch back, getting getting teams to handoff, man, pushing the ball on the fast break, and getting guys, you know, into actions on offense quickly, man. I mean, he he wasn't selfish. He didn't force it on offense, man. I think that's going to bode really well for them when they get healthy. Obviously, Brendan McGuire was out last night with an injury, and obviously uh, Lewis Courtright was also out. Once those guys get integrated back into the fold, I think they're going to have a lot of depth um, at the guard spot. Um, but man, it, it was good to see. Man. I think Quinnipiac is going to be really good. Um, this year, and they're going to surprise some teams in the MAC. The MAC is going to be a hell of a conference this year, man. I mean, there were a lot of MAC schools. Obviously, St. Peter's were on the road to almost beat BCU last night. Keisha's almost beat Miami. Um, Fairfield battled with Providence. Manhattan got like a, a 50 point win, I believe, over Manhattanville, man. I mean, Iona beat Appalachian State, which was a huge win for them. Um, Tyson Jolly balled out last night. I mean, the MAC, is, uh, or even Monmouth, um, lost by two to Charlotte, a, a very good Charlotte team out of Conference USA, man. So the MAC is going to be a huge. It's going to be a bear this season, man. But Quinnipiac is going to have – I was going to have something to say um, about that that league um, toward the top, man. But those are my takeaways from the, from that Quinnipiac-Maryland game, man. So, I mean, if you want to chime in on Maryland or Quinnipiac or both, man, definitely be my guest. Now for sure, man. I think – I mean, shoot, that was um, definitely a comprehensive analysis, man. I think a lot of people would like to know, man, obviously, you know, this was the Fast Russell debut – from Maryland, um, what were your what were your takeaway on Fats? Kind of how he fit into that system with with Maryland last night. How did he look out there? Um, kind of what are your thoughts on kind of him and how he fits into what they're trying to do? You know, he, he looked good, man. I mean, I mean, Fats is a guy that the thing that makes him so good is that he's so quick and so fast and so dangerous when he when he's in transition, man. I mean, this guy, you know, he's he's great at running the floor. Um, I mean, when they when when Wahab and Scott were getting outlets, man, he's already at half court. They're throwing him the ball, and he's getting downhill, and he's almost impossible to stop in transition, man. I mean, you know, this is a guy who, for his career, has never shot 40% from the floor. I mean, I'd be willing to bet any amount of money in my in my pocket that he's shooting 40% from the floor this year. I mean, he was 5 for 9 from the floor last night, didn't even attempt for 3, was 2 for 2 from the free throw line, ends up with 12 points and 4 assists um, for Maryland last night. Man, I think he's going to – he's gonna his job is going to be – so much easier this season, man. I mean, playing with Eric Ayala, I mean, th- those two guys automatically had chemistry from playing together for, for, you know, they're both from a similar area. Obviously, Ayala's from Delaware, Fats from Philadelphia, man. But those guys, you know, have, have chemistry. I mean, this year, I think Maryland's going to be able to do a lot of a lot of things differently um, in the backcourt, man, with, with Fats, with Ayala, and with Ian Martinez as well, man. I mean, all those guys are so unselfish, man. They were so efficient last night, man. But Fats... I mean, Fats gonna be is gonna be really effective for them. I, mean, I think when they go into Big Ten play, um, and he's, he only played 25 minutes last night. You know, um, the thing when when he gets into in the Big Ten play, man, he's playing more minutes, man. He's you know in, in these big time games. I mean, Maryland gonna have the backcourt matchup with any team in the Big Ten, you know, because of Ayala and because of Fats, man. Obviously, Eric um, 
was able to cross the Dallas Point plateau last night, scored the Dallas Point uh, about three, I think about three minutes into the game, um, across the Dallas Point plateau, was again the 58th member um, of the Maryland basketball program to, to hit that mark, man. But fast look good, man. Fast look good. Um, I, um, Eric Allen looked really good, man. And, and uh, Ian Martinez also looked good, man, last night. So uh, I was really impressed with the Maryland backcourt uh, for sure last night. Hey, man, shout out to We Are One, man, in that uh, fast Russell or Eric Ayala backcourt, man. I'm sure they're, uh, like I said, man, they have to be playing together again. The one thing I uh, I heard Mark Turgeon say, man, while I was listening to his interview with, with Jeff Goodman was that, you know, he's happy to kind of see Dante Scott return back to his normal uh, position on the perimeter. You know, last year they had to use him a lot on the interior, even had to play him as a small ball five, you know, last year because they were just lacking that interior depth. Um, so I'm intrigued to see, you know, this year if they if they can get Dante Scott, you know, how many minutes will he be able to get playing the three? Because uh, that's something that, that, that Mark Trojan has said that he was trying to do this season. Um, so that would be something that I think, you know, We'll definitely, I'll definitely be looking for, you know, as far as the church, man, because if they can put him at the three, like you mentioned, maybe Reese at the four, we'll hype at the five, and then you go, you know, Ayala and Fats in the backcourt. I think that is a scary, scary uh, lineup for, for a lot of teams. You know, for sure. I mean, I, they, they didn't, um, well, Hop got into foul trouble early, so they played um, Julian and Reese a lot more in stretches um, at the five. But after that, they were kind of coming in and out for each other, you know, the, the, the entire evening. So they didn't really get to uh, – we didn't really get to see. Well, I've only played 17 minutes last night. Uh, Reese played 19 minutes. Um, and Dante pretty much played the majority of the minutes at, at the four last night. But I think I don't think we'll see too much in non-conference. But when they get into Big Ten play and they're playing some of those monsters in, in the Big Ten, if, if Purdue tries to throw out there with Zach Eady and Travion Williams together or something like that, I think we could definitely see, you know, Wahab and uh, Julian Reese together. With Dante at the three, man, I think that could be a crazy lineup because, you know, Julian Reese is just so active down there, man. And Wahab, his length, man, Dante can stretch the floor, man. They would be a menace defensively, I think, if, if they threw that lineup out there. My only concern would be, you know, um, offensively if, if they were, you know, I, I think they, they would have to find a way to kind of face the floor out because you don't want to have two guys clogging the paint. Wahab can step out. But, I mean, I, I don't know if, if it's consistent enough where the teams were actually respected enough to bring their big outside of the paint, man. But – um, definitely something to, something to keep an eye on for Maryland. Uh, like I said, Martin is going to have a lot of options as far as lineups that he can throw out there and things that he can do with this team. And so I'm definitely interested to see, you know, how it ends up playing out. For sure, man. Now, uh, you know, to change the gears a little bit, man. We had some uh, mid-major upsets yesterday, man. A lot of pandemonium going on on the first night, man. Uh, what are some games that stuck out to you, man, across the mid-major landscape? Yeah, man. I mean, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was, you know, the ACC got absolutely – ran through uh, last night. I mean, uh, they, uh, thank God that Duke was able to get that win over Kentucky last night at the Champions Classic because if not, you know, it would have been a sad, sad day for the ACC, man, as far as the computer numbers go, man, because, you know, Miami of Ohio was able to go into in Georgia Tech and get a win over, over them. Citadel um, was able to beat Pittsburgh on the road and Navy was able to beat Virginia on the road. Also, UC San Diego on the West Coast was able to get, get a victory over Cal, man. But, I mean, the, the ACC had a very embarrassing day to start. I mean, we didn't really think Pittsburgh was going to be very good. Um, we knew Virginia offensively was going to struggle, man. That definitely uh, served true yesterday as, as they lost Navy, man. And then also um, Georgia Tech lost to a good Miami-Ohio team. But, I mean, Miami-Ohio um, had no business, I think, going on the road and beating Georgia Tech, you know, the way that they did yesterday, man. So, I think those three games that got to me in the ACC. And also we mentioned UT San Diego um, was able to get a victory over Cal. And there were also a few surprising results um, from the mid-major landscape. Um, Obviously, Davidson was able to get a 22-point victory 
um, over Delaware. Delaware is a team that, you know, was picked to win the CAA. A lot of teams were very high on this on this team, you know, coming into the season, man. But they got absolutely dog-walked by Davidson. Shout out to my guy, Carter Elliott. You know, I, I know we, 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 we have a lot of Carter Elliott slander on this podcast, man, but I'm, I'm going to take a moment to give my guy some some respect, man, because that was that was a high-level phrase right there that, that, that he used uh, in his little uh, – um, Detroit Lions analogy from a few weeks back, man. But um, yeah, man. Davidson dog walked Delaware. Foster Lawyer uh, went, went went for twenty seven. Former Michigan State guard, man, looked outstanding for Davidson in in that game. Um, George Mason was able to get a twenty two point victory over Thorny Brook, man. Thorny Brook is a team that got picked um to win the American East, man. Obviously, you know Mason got picked pretty low in the eight ten in the eight ten preseason poll. I want to say they were like seventh. Um, but I've been on the record saying I think that they're going to be a top five team in the A-10 this year. Um, and Kim English obviously made a statement um, in his first game last night, getting one over a good Tony Brook team by 22. Um, Towson was able to get a 21-point victory over Albany. And Towson the a team that also you know, got picked very low in the CAA um, preseason poll. Obviously, last year they had a pretty down year um, with, with a few expectations, you know, the last season, man, but kind of underachieved, man. But they got off to a great start last night. I'm um, getting a 21-point victory over Albany. Another CAA team, Hofstra, though they didn't beat Houston, man, I mean, Houston was, was a Final Four team last year, top 15 team this year. Hofstra should have won the game, quite frankly, last last night, um, but ended up losing in overtime, 85, 83-75. Zach Cooks went off for 26 points. Obviously, he's a guy that was at NJIT last year. Had a little bit of a down year, but, I mean, he's one of the best scorers in, in the country, I think, regardless of, of level this, this season, man. Um, Colorado State got a huge 29-point um, victory over Oral Roberts, man. I mean, they, they, they sent a message last night. They were 12-and-a-half-point favorites. A lot of people were taking Oral Roberts to cover that spread, but Colorado State absolutely obliterated them by 29 points um, on their home court. Um, so those were the games that kind of stick out to me yesterday, man. I mean, um, out of all those games, I mean, what, what, what two or three um, kind of stick out to you the most? I mean, first I would say the Citadel one because – not only did the Citadel win, I mean, they won by 15 points. You know, they won 78 to 63. So it wasn't like they just, you know, got a narrow victory. You know, like, for example, Miami of Ohio, you know, they beat Georgia Tech by, by, by three points. You know, so that was kind of a close game, even though, obviously, you never want to lose. Um, there were questions around Virginia's offense. You know, so, we, I mean, that, you know, obviously, you know, it's Navy, so they should have won. But I can't say I'm too, too surprised about that. But the Citadel one is like, all right, like, I mean, there's absolutely no way that you should that that if, if you're a pit ACC program, I don't care how much of a down year this is. There's absolutely no way that you should lose by 15 to to some dudes that are you know going to ROTC class every day. Like that's just that's just that should never ever ever take place, man. Um, the second one that that you mentioned was man George Mason. Um, and not that I'm surprised at all that they won, but I think that you know Kim English is obviously just on a roll, man. Obviously, he gets, you know, a, a top 100 commitment today as well. You know, a kid that, you know, um, in a, a kid that I believe, Justin Fernandez is his name, uh, I want to say. Um, Justin Fernandez committed to George Mason today. Um, you know, had nine other high majors or eight other high majors. I'll read you his list for Justin Fernandez. Um, a local kid out of D.C. Premier commits to Mason over Florida, Virginia Tech, Tennessee, Boston College, NC State, Providence, Wake Forest, and Clemson. You know, so, I mean, for, for him to obviously, you know, get that win last night, and then you got guys like that coming into the program, I think that's a lot, man, on where George Mason is going in the future. Um, so those, those, those two games, um, 
I think also, you know, one of the games that that, that you mentioned um, that I guess I, I was, you know, really, really happy about um, was obviously Iona getting that win, you know, for the MAC over um, Appalachian State. But um, I think, you know, for me, it was also that, that Davidson, you know, I was surprised that, you know, they, they beat Delaware that handedly. Um, you know, I think Delaware is obviously one of the best teams in the CAA. Um, and obviously, man, I'm happy for Towson, man. You know, for those guys to kind of be able to rebound like that, um, off of all the turmoil they had last year with COVID and guys missing games and this and that, you know, obviously you had Juwan Gray tears Achilles, man. I think um, to see them come back and, and get a win like that on night one, you know, I'm definitely happy for for Pat Scary and those guys over at Towson, man. And I'm hoping that you know they can kind of continue that momentum uh, into CAA play this year. You know, for sure, man. I think one thing that that was in that game was Jason Gibson. Um, came off the bench, and he's a guy that was, you know, is, is one of their best players, man. But Coach Gary elected to bring him off the bench last night. Um, and he ended up ha- having a really good game, man. I mean, I think um, one, one thing that stood out, you know, when I went to their practice, the kid Terry Nolan is extremely talented, man. He showed it last night, obviously, 17 points, five assists, four rebounds, 611 from the floor, two or seven from three. He's going to be a guy that could potentially be a, a all – all, all league player in the CAA, man. But I'm talking about Jason Gibson, man. I mean, he had 14.4 rebounds and two assists in 19 minutes off the bench. I mean, he, he only played 19 minutes, five to nine from the floor, three of six from three, man. I mean, he, he's a guy that, you know, if they decide to keep bringing him off the bench, I'm going to be able to do some things for them um, in, in that reserve role. I mean, he could to be like a sixth man of the year type of guy um, in the CAA. Cam Holden, transfer from UT Martin, went for 15 and 11 on seven on nine shooting, man. And, and a former Albany Great Dane, I believe, was their, their mascot, I want to say. Antonio Rizzuto uh, in the homecoming game, because this game was in Albany. I mean, t- uh, he went back to Albany um, and had 11 points, two rebounds, and one assist on four of nine shooting. I'm sure he would like to get a little bit of, you know, more revenge. But, I mean, they won by 21, you know, so I'm, I'm sure he's happy with the result, man. But for Towson to go to Albany um, and win that game was, was, was you know, a, a huge statement to me. Um, obviously, I mean, Albany's, you know, first-year coach, Dwayne Killings, um, is leading that program, man. So, tough tough start for those guys, man. Definitely wish him the best, man. I mean, today, only had one guy in double figures. Um, that was Dre Perry, um, te- uh, transferred from Temple. Um, obviously, he led the way with 11 points. Um, they also have a D2 transfer, my guy, Matt Cerruti. Uh, he's a guy that um, I- I'm familiar with because he's best friend of my guy, Ty Pickeron, man. But he's starting for them, played 33 minutes last night, um, scored seven points. He, he struggled shooting the balls, but one for ten. Um, from the floor, man, but um, and I, I, I think for for Towson, man, this is definitely one that could be a confidence booster, man. I'm really, really excited to see how they look um, on Saturday. They're playing, they're playing Monmouth, I think, from the MAC in their home opener on Saturday at seven o'clock at home. I'm really excited to see, you know, how they look in that game, man. Uh, while we're on the subject of Monmouth, um, they had a guy came from North Carolina named Walker Miller. Scored 23 points uh, last night, and I, I saw that. I was like, "Hold on!" Like 0.8 points per game or something at UNC. Literally, like this dude, like never got off the bench. Like we talk about transfers. I mean, it's 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 one thing. Like you know, you averaging two, three points. Like this dude's career averages was 0.3, 0.8, 0.5, and 0.6 in four years in North Carolina. I mean, he averaged 1.5 minutes, 1.6 minutes, 2.7 minutes, and 2.6 minutes per game over his four years. His first game in a Monmouth jersey, he do that 23 and 7. I mean, I doubt he was even on the scout. At, at, they probably didn't even have him on the scout at Charlotte, man. This dude goes out and scores 23 and 7 um, in his first game in a Monmouth uniform. Obviously, they also had uh, Shavar Reynolds, 
who had a really good game for him. He had 18 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. Um, George Pappas kind of struggled a little bit shooting the ball. He only had eight points, two for eight shooting with 10 rebounds. But that's going to be a game I'm definitely going to have circled on my calendar this, this weekend. Um, Towson and Monmouth, at, at, when, when they square off, square off uh, down here in Baltimore, man, at, at Seacoo Arena. Not for sure, man. I mean, it was so crazy because I saw that last night, too, because I was looking at all the max scores. And I'm like, Walker Miller. Originally, I thought it was Walker Kessler. Yeah. Because remember, UNC had a big man named Walker Kessler that, that transferred, and I believe he went to Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Auburn. Maybe Auburn. Maybe Auburn. Only one of them SEC schools. Yeah. So I, when I read it, I was like, is he at Monmouth? <laughs> and I was like, nah, no way he's at Monmouth. I looked back, I was like, nah, this is a different UNC Walker, Walker guy, but... <laughs> I see King Rice pulled the uh, UNC plug, you know, family connection, and got that guy down there, man. I guess, you know, he's showing why maybe he should have got some more minutes, you know, for the Tar Heels over his career, man, especially, you know, two years ago when they weren't doing too much winning in that in that COVID year, man. They probably could have used him out there. But, I mean, shoot, he's clearly making a statement this year. You know, Roy Williams had a, had a call in the favor to King Rice and say, you know, you're look, man, I, I know I ain't playing to do much, man, but he can help you guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad, I'm glad King Rice listened, man, because some coaches would be like, man, this dude ain't never – even playing in a, in, a, in a game dang near, man. And, you know, but, you know, that, that UNC blood running deep out of King Rice fresh off the extension um, this year, man. So definitely best of luck uh, to those guys, man. Congrats on the extension, man. And definitely I'm going to be interested to see um, how they play this year, man. But um, I, I definitely want to shift gears a little bit. Obviously, yesterday we dropped our mid-major top 25 rankings. And for those of you that missed that on Twitter, man, it, it did drop yesterday, man. And, I'll, I'll do a quick little read-through um, of our week one preseason rankings, man, just to give you guys a little heads up. There's no guns jack in this poll. There will be other WCC teams in this poll, but we're not we're not putting the number one team in the country. You know, perennial Sweet 16, Elite 8, you know, caliber program, Final Four caliber program, man, um, probably the favorite to win that championship this season. Uh, we're, we're not putting them in our uh, mid-major rankings, man. So I'll go ahead and give you a quick read-through, man. And you're definitely going to get – you know, shifted a lot after yesterday's results, man. But week one's mid-major rankings were as follows. One, St. Bonaventure. Two, Loyola Chicago. Three, Belmont. Four, San Diego State. Five, Richmond. Six, BYU. Seven, Colorado State. Uh, eight, Drake. Nine, Nevada. Ten, uh, St. Mary's. Eleven, UAB. Twelve, Western Kentucky. Thirteen, Liberty. Fourteen, Boise State. Fifteen, Buffalo. Sixteen, Iona. Seventeen, Louisiana Tech. 18, Missouri State, 19, Northern Iowa, 20, San Francisco, 21, New Mexico State, 22, Louisiana, 23, Ohio, 24, Leola Marymount, and 25, UC Irvine. So, um, majority, if not all, these teams were on action yesterday, and a lot of them, you know, were able to get huge wins. Some of them were, able to, were also upset by some teams, man. So, I'll go ahead and let Drew – I'll give you his, his analysis on, on, on some of those teams, man. So, Drew, what you got for me, bro? Yeah, man. I mean, before I get into that, man, you know, I know there's really a lot of people listening to this that are going to be like, yo, man, last year you guys were saying Gonzaga is mid-major, this and that. And we, we, we do still agree that Gonzaga, by definition, is a mid-major because they are in the WCC. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, we weren't going to include them in our rankings just so you guys don't try to pull the receipts out on us. But – with that being said, man, as far as our mid-major rankings, man, I think the best matchup out of this was we had we had our first you know top twenty-five matchup in our all facts mid-major rankings. We had Ohio, you know, match up against Belmont. I mean, I was one of the guys who was super, super high on Belmont. There were a lot of people who kind of, I know, 
different media members that had them kind of fluctuating. Like, are they a top, are they the best mid-major in the country? You know, they received some votes, and I believe it was the um, AP poll, uh, top 25, you know, coaches poll. So there are people who were really high on Belmont. I believe they were 26-4 and four, uh, last year and returned, you know, the majority of that team, man. But um, we had them at number three in our rankings. They matched up against number 23, Ohio. So clearly we got to put some respect on their name because Ohio was able to get a win over Belmont in the, you know, the first game of the post Jason Preston era at Ohio, man. Um, Ohio was able to get a huge, huge win over Belmont, man. I think the one thing I stuck out for me, man, was, you know, Ohio had three guys, you know, that scored 19 points or more. And I think, you know, we're talking about, you know, obviously, you know, they put up 92, you know, so that's first and foremost, you know, when you put up 92 points, you're going to have a lot of guys that are scoring, man. But I mean, they have a lot of options, man. I know that there was a lot of questions as far as, all right, you know, what are they going to do you know, that, that you've lost, you know, a huge, huge part of your offense and not only scoring, but facilitating uh, in Jason Preston, you know, but, but Ben Vanderplas, one of the guys who had a great year for him last year in the NCAA tournament and throughout the season, you know, for 19, seven assists, you know, six rebounds. Um, they were actually led in scoring, you know, by Mark Sears, you know, a, a, a sophomore, a sophomore guard for those guys had 27 points, six rebounds, four assists, um, and last but not least, Jason Carter goes for 20 and 10 for the Bobcats, man. So I think that was a huge, huge win for Ohio, man, to get a win over you know, a team that, you know, receives some votes to be in the AP Top 25. So not, needless to say, they're going to move up in our rankings um, this week. There were, I guess, you know, the, the, the two surprises for me was, you know, the, the two Missouri Valley teams, man. Um, you know, obviously we know Louis Chicago and Drake, you know, everybody kind of knew about those teams. Those were teams that, you know, uh, both received votes uh, in the coaches poll for the top 25 as well. Those Chicago's down there, borderline top 25 team. They got a 60 point win, you know, um, yesterday over our alma mater, Coppin State, man. Saw a good. We'll hold that against y'all because we still got that dub when we was out there with Lord Chicago. So, you know I mean, but um, what surprised me, man, was, you know, first of all, Northern Iowa. You know, they were a team that, you know, obviously was, again, a team that was in our major top 25. And, um, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. After our, our podcast last week with you know with, with Kevin Sweeney and Greg Wilder from Sleepers Media, I was like, damn, man, are we are we too low on on, on Northern Iowa? You know, they they were 19 in our rankings, man, and um, you know they they took a loss to to Nichols, 62, 58. I mean, they lost by four points, but obviously, you know, AJ Green struggled um, in his return, man. Um, goes one for 14 from the field, 0 for seven from three, only four points. You know, that was a guy that they were kind of. Obviously, hoping to kind of come back and you know bring them back in that at large picture, man. So you know, obviously, that's not going to be able to you know if, if he continues to struggle like that, it's going to be tough for him to kind of get to the top of that Missouri Valley with the Lewis Chicago's and the Drakes. Um, and then you know the, the 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 second thing that kind of surprised me was you know Missouri State also loses to in-state rival you know Semo that is Missouri State 99 to 94 another high scoring game. Um, you know, for those guys, but those were another team that was obviously in our mid-major top 25, ranking number 18. A lot of people were kind of high on them and had them as like a sleeper, um, you know, in the Missouri Valley. You know, they're, they're two front court guys in the Gage Prim, you know, 28 and 15. Donovan Clay goes for 20 points, four rebounds, but, you know, they got to be able to get some stops. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how many Division One basketball games, you know, you're going to win when you go 99 points. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think those were the most surprising um 
I guess results for me, but I have to give some love to Chattanooga as well, man, because Chattanooga was able to get a win over LMU, um, who was a 24th ranked team in our mid-major top 25. And Chattanooga was a team that, you know, dang near made our top 25. You know, they were a team that I was, you know, battling obviously with them and Furman, are, you know, the kind of the class of, of, of the SOCON this year. And they were able to get a big time statement win over LMU, a team that a lot of people believe, you know, could be, you know, one of the, the, the darlings. Um, you know, come 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 tournament time, you know, if they're able to kind of find their way in. So um, those are kind of the most surprising results, I would say, um, out of the mid-major top 25. You know, one more was San Francisco was able to get a 30-point statement win over LIU Brooklyn, who is no slouch out of the NEC, you know. But um, I think that there's going to be obviously, you know, some, uh, some shakeups, you know, in our top 25 come next week, man. But it was a heck of a day, man, for, for a, lot of, a lot of mid-major yesterday. You know, for sure, man. I think, I think you know, first and foremost, I want, you know, for Northern Iowa, um, I think, obviously, it's, it's going to be tough to win a game. You know, when you shoot three for 23 from the three-point line, I mean, they shot 30% from the floor, 15 for 50 um, on, the, for, on the evening, man, and three for 23 from the game, man. So it's going to be extremely hard to be anybody when you shoot that way, man. So, um, obviously, you know, when, when, you know, arguably your best player, you know, A.J. Green shoots one for 14. Obviously, he missed all but three games last season due to an injury. You know, he's, he's obviously still shaking shaking the rust off there, man. And, you know, I think – I think they, I mean, you and I are going to have opportunity to bounce back. Um, they're going to see Arkansas. They're going to see St. Bonaventure up over in the top 25. They had a game against Liberty, who's probably the best team in the, in the Atlantic Sun. They're, you know, obviously, like me, at NCAA tournament team this year. They're going to play Richmond as well. Um, so they're going to have spots, you know, opportunities in the non-commerce to bounce back from this loss. Um, but they can't shoot 30% from the floor and three for 23 from three. They're going to have any shot against any of those teams, man. I think if then you now the pressure's kind of on them, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to play a good Vermont team on Thursday. Um, Vermont's obviously one of the teams that that, that is, you know, picked to, to be towards the top of the American East. They're no slouch, you know. So, I mean, the non-commerce is going to be tough, man. They, they, they definitely got their work cut out for them, man. But – if, you know, they were able to steal a few wins here um, in the non-con, I think they still have a, a chance. You know, obviously we're, we're – you know, the Valley is, is – I don't know if it's ever been three-bid league. If it has, it's been, it's been a while. But people were talking about, you know, three-bid Valley this year. This loss definitely hurts them. Um, I think now we might be looking at more of a two-bid league. You know, maybe – obviously I think Loyola is going to be squirrely in. I mean, I think Loyola is going to be a top 25 team at some point in time this season. Um, Jiggy's going to have the opportunities as well. But – no, I was going to have some work to do, man. Last year, they didn't have a great non-conference. Um, and if they do, you know, if, if they drop the ball in non-conference again this season, then they're going to be looking at, you know, being, being put in the place where they're going to have to win the conference tournament um, to get in the, to get in the interior tournament, man. But like I said, they're going to have, they're going to have opportunities, man. Vermont's a great team. Arkansas top 25 team. St. Bombers a top 25 team. Richmond is going to be one of the best teams in the A-10 this year. Also, whatever team is going to – that game is going to have huge at-large implications. Richmond is in the same board as Northern Iowa. You know, going to be trying to battle for – that at-large bid, if they can't, obviously win the A-10 outright. Um, and Liberty should be an NCAA tournament team as well, man. So they're going to have their chances, man. The other game that stuck out to me was um, the Chattanooga and LMU game. Man, I think, you know, we talked a lot about Furman, um, about Furman and, and Chattanooga as, as those two teams kind of being the class of the SoCon, man. But the SoCon is going to be a hell of a league, man. I mean, the SoCon had nine games yesterday, and they went eight and one yesterday, including, obviously, the Citadel um, going to Pittsburgh and winning – um, and Mercer battled with Arkansas the entire game. That was the only, that was the only loss that they took. Um, but they were up by eight at, at halftime. They were up 36-28 at the half. Um, and they were, you know, battling the, 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 for, for Mercer of the second half. Obviously, Arkansas ended up pulling away. I mean, in the end, they, they outscored Mercer 
46-25 in the second half to get a 13-point victory, man. But that game was looking scary for a little while. I was checking the box score. Like, oh, was Arkansas moved to Mercer? Like, so SoCon is going to be a bear, man. Obviously, Wofford is going to be there. UNCG was able to get a four-point victory over an Oakland A&T, who was no slouch, man. Um, so this, 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 this league is going to be fun, man. Chattanooga, obviously, like we, like we mentioned, was able to get an 11-point victory um, over – LMU last night, obviously they have, you know, Kansas transfer Silver to Sousa over there, man. He only played 11 minutes, uh, scored five points, had five rebounds, man. He used in foul trouble. We had four fouls um, on the evening. Um, but obviously, you know, they're, they're going to have two of the best players in the league, man, with David John-Baptiste um, and Malachi Smith. Both of those guys were huge. Yesterday, John-Baptiste goes for 26, and Malachi Smith goes for 21 um, in that win over LMU yesterday, man. So those guys are going to be – are going to be huge, man. You know, you know how much I love Furman. Um, I think they're going to have three of the best players in the league as well, man, with Jalen Slauson, Mike Bothwell, and Alex Hunter um, all returning. All guys who played, you know, huge minutes last night. Last night, Bothwell goes for 22, 4 and 4. Alex Hunter goes for 22, 4 and 2. And Slauson goes for 19, 8 and 4. Now, granted, they were playing a, a non D1 team. They were playing North Greenville um, University last night. So obviously, not Division one opponent, man. But I mean, those three guys are going to be all in the mix for all conference caliber years. Um, obviously, I think um, Walford's going to be there. They're, they're always good, man. They, they got a huge win um, last night uh, um, versus a non-D1 as well. ETSU with Desmond Oliver in his first season. They're going to have something to say about about, about things in the SOCOM, man. So, you know, you know I love the SOCOM, man. I'm excited to see how that league's going to shake out this season. Yeah, man. I mean, anytime you can go eight and one on open night, I mean, that's that's a great night. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I definitely agree that that, that the SoCon is definitely going to um, you know, be a conference that's going to be knocking on somebody's door, man. Come and say it's tournament time. Whoever comes out of that league may definitely go be you know on, on upset alert. So, um, but I think Chattanooga, you know, is definitely going to have something to say, man. Uh, um, you know, about that, you know, come come SoCon conference play time, and then come come March as well. You know, for sure, man. I mean, I think I think. Um, obviously, last year, uh, UNCG was, was a team that a lot of people thought um, could make some noise in March, man. They, they got a tough draw. I can't remember who they played off the top of my head, but I, me- I remember they, I think they were like a 13 seed and they played a really good four seed in the tournament. Um, but I mean, I think this year they're going to be in, in, in that same boat, man. If you get if you draw a Chattanooga or a Furman or a Wolford, you know, in, in that first round into the tournament, man, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a, a scary game, man. But um, Time for our favorite segment of the week, man. We, we, we've been through all of our mid-major stuff, man. We talked about the Champions Classic, man. Talking about University of Maryland, man. It's time for one of our most fun segments, and that is the craziest thing we saw, man. So I'll go ahead, I'll go ahead and, and talk this one to Drew, uh, and then I'll give mine um, after Drew's. Yeah, man. I mean, the craziest thing I saw, man, was uh, took place in the Akron versus Ohio State game. I mean, first of all, I mean, Akron played a hell of a game, man. I mean, we were talking about it in our group chat, man. We're like, dang, man, Akron pulled it off. You know, they they they're down three. They hit an and one three, a four point play, which is, I mean, I mean, I know, I know that literally Chris Holman was probably getting ready to shoot himself in the head. Cause as a coach, you up by three. The only thing you're saying in the huddle literally is, don't give up a three. And don't give up any fouls or and ones. Literally, don't give up a three and no fouls or and ones. And damn sure don't foul three point shooter. <laughs> damn sure. I, I, like, if you do anything, don't foul three point shooter. Up three. And they literally did all three. They gave up a three, they fouled, and they fouled a three point shooter, and he made it and made the free throw. So not only do you go from being up three feeling pretty good about yourself to down one. 
So I'm like, all right, Akron's going to get done. Next thing you know, I mean, Ohio, Chris Hoban goes from probably getting ready to figure out how, how many suicides or, or 22 dudes are going to run next day in practice to, you know, all right, let me get in my coaching bag, draws up a hell of a play. And, you know, Zed Key is able to get a duck in right under the rim and, you know, get a game-winning layup for Ohio State to win at the buzzer. I mean, that sequence was definitely the craziest thing that I saw yesterday. One, because – you know, for Ohio State to be able to, you know, to, to be in that position in the first place to give up a four-point play when you're up by three. But then for Akron to give up a literal, a literal layup at the front of the rim, you know, as time is expiring, it's like another just sin, you know, that coaches absolutely hate to see, man. So that was the craziest thing I saw, man. Shout out to Akron, man, Ohio State for absolutely exceptional game on night one. Hey, man, the crazy thing that I saw – uh, I had to witness it in person. And I was like, guy, Matt Belong, absolutely obliterating Fats Russell on the fast break yesterday at the Maryland game. I mean, I, mean, I was on press row. Obviously, you know, I'm covering Maryland, but obviously I'm a Quinnipiac alum. I'm covering Quinnipiac a little bit as well, too, man. And so I'm on press row with all the Maryland reporters behind me. I'm trying to be cool. I'm looking at this. I'm like, yo, he ain't going to jump. <laughs> he ain't going to jump. Like, Fats Russell was like 5'9", maybe. Like, like he's not a big guy. Like, we're playing – this is Big Ten basketball. Like, Matt belongs like a 6'4", super bouncy guard. I don't know if Fats was not a red scout. Or maybe he didn't have Matt on the scout. I don't know. But Matt belong absolutely obliterates this man on the fat break. I almost jumped out of my seat. Like, I just remember that I'm a, I'm a media – member of the media now because it took every fiber of my being. Not to, not to jump out of my seat. I was literally laughing for like the next five minutes in, in press row, just like, yo, I cannot believe he just jumped on this man that way. And shame on Edith Green for not making that number one player on sports center. I can't imagine there being a better player last night. I didn't watch top ten play. I thought it was number two. I was like, yo, number one better have been something crazy because that duck was one of the wildest that I've seen in a while. And, uh, I mean, just, just you know, shout out to my guy Matt Belong, Montgomery County guy. Springbrook High School guy, you know what I'm saying? Shout out my guy, Coach Darnell Myers, who was in attendance last night at the University of Maryland game, man. So definitely got to give my guy some the Montgomery County love last night because that was absolutely a ridiculous body uh, last night. I was going to say, I did not watch Sports Center, so I don't know what the number one play was. But if I had to guess, it had to be Tyson Etienne's walk-off shot for Wichita State last night. And we didn't mention that at all, so I have to mention that today. Because first of all, shout out to PSA Hoops, shout out to Coach Espo, Coach Scrab, PSA family, PSA the gang for life. You know what I'm saying? I remember talking to Tyson, you know, he was in the process of committing to PSA, literally. You know, in time, you know, he was, uh, you know, kind of weighing his options and things like that. And uh, obviously, you know, talking to him back then and then seeing where he's at now, literally hitting logo Lillard range shots for the win in a tie ball game when he could have went to the basket, could have drew the foul line. I mean, the, the balls of this guy, because in the interview, the poor asked him, I mean, he goes, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, it's a tie game, you know? So, I mean, most guys, you know, you try to go to the basket, get fouled. He's like, I mean, yeah, man, I mean, but, you know, I've worked on that shot thousands and thousands of times. Like, I was literally working on that shot this morning. So, you know, it, it would have been the same as a layup. I said, damn. So, <laughs> so, so you saying for you shooting it from half court is the same as a layup, like, and I'm I'm thinking about I'm like damn, like, hey, I mean the way he, the way he shot with that much, it looked it looked like it, he, he like he knew it was good, like like he didn't, I mean man he didn't celebrate he just turned around like, like it was regular. I'm he's like regular. Oh, he's a gangster, <laughs> that dude is a gangster, literally gangster. And and when he said it, I was like. 
Yeah. Yeah, like you you could he you could tell that he probably shot that shot a thousand times. You could tell. You know, so for me, um, I mean that just speaks to his confidence. Obviously, he's he was the co-AAC player of the year last year, declared for the draft, decided to come back. And I think, I mean, the confidence that he's playing with that I saw last night, watch out. You know, he's the guy that I mean he might be able to really carry Wichita State, you know, back into the NCAA tournament this year again. Um, and then I might might be able to make some noise. Man, he's a guy that that, that should be on. I don't even know if we can even call him a breakout player because he was a player of the year in the AAC last year. But, I mean, I think he can kind of take that next step into being like a national name this year. So, again, that better have been the number one player on SportsCenter. Like, I can't imagine any, anything else that would have took place that could have been number one. So, I don't know. If it was that one, then I guess I'll give ESPN a pass, you know. But other than that, I have no idea what it could have been. Yeah, man, we're going to go. We're going to go find number one player on sports, and maybe maybe go on Wichita social media and see if they posted it. You know what I'm saying? See, see where that Etienne Butler beater that because see where that Etienne Butler beater landed because that's the only one that I'll accept uh, ahead of my guy Matt Belong's dunk, man. So hopefully, hopefully you don't you know we'll, 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 we'll uncover that information sooner rather than later. But man, this this has been another episode of the Auto Band, man. This has been super fun recapping night one in college basketball. It was an absolutely Wild night one, a super fun night one, and we're definitely looking forward to you know what what you know the, the rest of the week holds, what week two holds. I'm definitely gonna be, be looking forward to getting back to Maryland tomorrow. Maryland's gonna face two local schools and GW uh, on Thursday. Tomorrow I'll be at that game, and then I'm gonna face Kim English and George Mason on Saturday. I cannot wait for that game because that's gonna be a, a a big statement game for for Kim English. You know, as a guy that's you know, trying to went over the DMV area recruits, um, you know. Guys going to be currently going to be recruiting against Maryland for a lot of these guys um, in in the area, so that's going to be a big local game. As, as with GW, man, we're going to see obviously Jamie Christian was able to get a win last night um, in, in his first game or, or of the season. Joe Bamisil was able to play well. Brendan Adams played extremely well for GW as well last night. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to catch, catch both of those games um, this this weekend, man. Huge local games from from the area. I'm going to try to get to Towson, um, but if not, you know we'll, we'll we'll catch them at some point in time this year. Um, but man. Super excited for this college basketball season, man. It's going to be an amazing year, and I cannot wait to see, you know, all the all the pandemonium that ensues this season. Now, for sure, man. Definitely super excited for this season, man. I had to go look at the Wichita State men's basketball Twitter, man, and I'm disappointed to find out that the ETN buzzer beater was the number six player on SportsCenter. So I have a couple issues with this. One, what the hell was number one, first and foremost? And two, I mean, the disrespect – to put that at number six, I mean, somebody needs to talk to this producer over at ESPN or making this list that they need to come out at us because I need to give them, you know, a piece of my mind about their top ten players from last night. But um, yes, man, this has been a definitely you know fun episode of the Auto Bin, man. If you guys have not checked out our Instagram, our Twitter, make sure you guys go check it out. We have a ton of content on there, you know, post game content from the Maryland game. Our members top twenty five rankings are on there again. If you want to go check those out. Stay tuned for our ones that are going to be debuting next week as well. Also, we have a new segment, a new segment that's on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, it's a day in the life segment that's pretty much following my overseas journey here in Portugal. Um, we're getting ready to drop the third episode literally as we speak as soon as we get off of this podcast. So by the time you're hearing this on Thursday, we have three of those out. Make sure you guys are following us on TikTok at All Facts Media and tapping into our new real segment. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a, a new little mix-up for you guys, man. We got, you know, we, we, you know we're, we're your go-to 
their go-to stop you know, for all things college basketball and mid-major. But, you know, this dude knew the last segment is going to kind of give you guys a look into kind of what professional basketball is like. So if you guys have any questions about that, if you guys have anything that you want to see, feel free to mention us on Twitter, drop a comment on The Real, DM us on IG, comment on TikTok, whatever you want to do, man. Let us know what you guys want to see and know, man. But, you know, make sure you guys are tapping in, man. We got a lot of fun content coming your way for this season. Sir, man, speaking of tapping in, man, I'm going to remind you guys again, make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button on our podcast, man. Apple Music, Spotify, man, subscribe, 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 please. It does go a long way, man. Give us a like. Give us a rating, man. Five stars only. We only, we only like five stars on this side over here at All Facts Media, man. Give us give us a rating. Drop a comment uh, in the description, man. And if you see us on social media, man, give us a like. Give us a retweet, man. Give us a share on your story, man. We do really appreciate each and every one of you that uh, engages with our content, man. It truly does go a long way, man. So make sure you guys are engaging with our content, man, on social media, on Apple, on Spotify, also our YouTube channel. Hopefully we get some awesome videos up on there, um, some old videos that we haven't, haven't put up there yet. So make sure you guys tap in to all of our content. And last but not least, my guy, Pull Up Tay, his new project, Watch Stop Now, is out on all platforms, Apple Music, Spotify. Go get that, man. If you're not cranking that, man, I do not know what to tell you. Um, he does our intro and our outro, man, and he's a great up-and-coming rapper uh, out of Montgomery County, man. So make sure you guys are streaming his music again. It's Watch Stop Now. Go get that. Apple, Spotify, it's everywhere, man. This is going to be him on the outro. So until next time, folks, this is another episode of the boy. You beating on me? It's time to get a check, boy. Check, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitten on me? I can tell. What's the topic of discussion? What we talk about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.